Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. I actually got, um, not kicked out, but politely removed by security from a school in Texas. Um, because <laughs> when I go speak to schools, I never approach it saying like, I'm going to be talking about not going to college and working in construction. I'm always like, I'm famous. Will you let me talk to your kids? <laughs> and it usually works. Like, hey, again, thank you, television, for giving me that, that way in. Uh, but this one school in Texas, um, and I should have known because they had a giant stadium outside for like football. And um, at the end of my first presentation, I see like a bunch of security and the principal, and I was like, "Oh, some kid's in trouble!" And then they come over to me, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna have you not do your second presentation because you talk about things other than college, and all of our kids are going to college here." When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is where we talk home improvement every week. Thanks for joining us. Caroline and I have a special guest, my sister from another mister. Kayleen McKay. And she's so high energy and she's just amazing. Her vibe is like, it's just, I need a vibe. Right hey, I will <laughs> share my vibe. I'm so happy to share my afternoon with you all. This is awesome. Like, you know, I get to hang out, hang out for a little while. And by the way, Kayleen makes the best, like, lunch boxes. Oh, hey, thanks. I, uh, I actually just put them all away. <laughs> ah, nuts. Um, so ah, I see, like it's taking, okay. Well, I'd like to show them because I teach little kids now, so it's fun to show them. Like, look, yeah. you can take cardboard and popsicle sticks and make this fun stuff. And I have one designed right now, and it's like halfway in the process. It's going to be a little piano lounge. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> I know. But, nice. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the piano. Weird sentences nice. to say in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, I always see her running around and it's, it's never a clutch purse. It's always like a, a 1966, like oh gosh. Milwaukee Sander metal box or something. You know what I mean? I'm just making up brand names, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's always something. No, it's one of those. I also have um, my, my opera clutch, I call it. So when I go to fancy events is mm -hmm. um, I have a 1923 <laughs> ferret set from Snap-on that's like rusty and gross. <gasps> but you open the inside and it's black velvet and oh, diamonds because I'm fancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so cool. It's fun. It is awesome. You know, working in construction, if I were to show up to something with a coach bag, I'd look ridiculous. But if I roll up with a <laughs> old Rockwell like metal case that people are like, oh, all right. And weirdly, uh, one time my truck was broken into and they stole all the new tools except for my old purse because it looked like a beat up box. And they were like, what's in there? <laughs> well, little did they know, keys of the kingdom. My my passport was in there, like my, my wallet, but they assumed that it wasn't something nice because it was so ugly. So bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody out there listening, if you don't know who Kayleen is, she has been all over the place. She was on DIY Network for like, it seemed like forever with Rescue Renovation. Yes. And then, man, you have just been 
like champion of the trades. You've got your foundation. You, I don't know where you got the time. <laughs> um, well, it's my passion. <laughs> I really am so passionate about um, changing the mindset of what it means to be successful. You know, there are multiple pathways. I don't have any college education. And for a long time, I was terrified to have people find that out. Um, but I'm passionate about sharing it and getting people employed. It's a great career. It makes me so happy. And really, if I don't make sawdust every few days, I'm depressed. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that, you were actually down at World of Concrete here recently. And I couldn't go because I've been getting ready for the show in Orlando. And and Kayleen and I have a, a, a similar love for Orlando, but we're heading down. I'm heading down there anyway. Long story short, how was World of Concrete? Okay, uh, Carolyn, you haven't been yet, correct? Never. So you need to share. You need to share and tell us all about it because I know nothing. Okay, first of all, it's the largest, one of the largest um, conferences in the world. And it's all about concrete and masonry. And it sounds kind of basic, but the reality is it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. It's in Vegas <laughs> and Vegas has a huge <laughs> convention center. And I haven't been back in a while. And since COVID and all that shutdown, two things, holy moly, they built a whole new concourse. So there is not only yeah. the central, the North, the South, there's now the West and it's huge, but also, um, and I'm just saying, they blew up a hotel for that. Yeah. It's, it's insanity. And so now you can also see the new Concord, the Hilton there. Um, I Ooh. rode the tram and the world's largest man-made sphere is being built there. And it's this huge black sphere and it's um, going to be an acoustical center. <laughs> it's so cool. So anyways, oh, cool. Vegas in general is just cool because of the construction that has happened in such a quick amount of time. And Vegas always pushes the industry too, as far as like what yeah. we'll see in residential construction. Like they were the first to... Like put a light on in the closet when you opened it. And then, you know, two yep. years later, you <laughs> see it in homes. Um, okay. So anyway, so the world of concrete. I go because there's a competition. But before I get there, it was, if there's just cool products everywhere, it's cutting edge and it's super fun. There's the one, uh, there was a saw blade that's like six feet in diameter. I don't know why, but I need it. Whoa. I just think it'd make a really good backdrop. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> there was an obstacle course they had for like dump trucks and big machinery, which is awesome. And these people were doing this, like backing up into like, little tight like basically driving a semi-obstacle course and like going over things that was awesome and i regret not having my cdl so much because i wanted to compete so bad like oh see i used to have mine (laughs) fun fact i used to have my class a and tanker (gasps) see that's i'm really yeah see i learned something too kayleen really yeah (laughs) yeah I'm jealous. I'm really envious because one, the employment opportunities, but two, I really want an air horn. I know, like, <laughs> I have a tiny compressor for my truck, but in reality, I really want to go <laughs> all the time. Um, okay, so, you know, what we've done before. Side side note on that: we used to, we had grabbed from a buddy a Burlington Northern air horn from one of the trains <gasps> and put it on there. The problem was it's like 160 decibels. And so when you hit it, <laughs> you're breaking windows out in cars around you. I mean, it's it, people jump like there's no tomorrow. We had it in my buddy's truck for a while. It was Whoa! just blowing their mind. It was just crazy. But 
that's there's a few times in life that I went, oh, that was too much. That was one of those that I was like, okay, too much, too much. <laughs> right. You got to scale it back a little bit. I don't know. I'm still kind of yeah. jealous. Um, okay. Back to nerding out about World of Concrete. Yeah. So World of Concrete. that was fun. In the same lot, they also had a house being 3D printed out of concrete. So that was incredible to see live and in action. And what was so wow. fascinating about it was there was like a channel left open for all your MEPs. Um, they had it slowed down because two, you know, like they don't want to take down an eight foot wall in two days, but it can run. <laughs> it's all going to get hauled off. Yeah, yeah. You have to do something with it. So the, it can run like 40 inches per minute, which is insanity. It also smooths the outside. So you don't get that wow. like. I don't know. Just watching the technology was cool and learning that they are going to be teaching how to make 3D printed um, homes from a class in Arizona. So now I can't wait to go visit that school. Like what? You can get a degree in this? Like, uh, amazing. So that was cool. Um, but the piece de resistance, the reason that I go to World of Concrete and the why it's like the coolest thing on earth is they have a bunch of competitions. And it starts off the day with like the journeyman doing like a brick or a decorative design and then maybe apprentices. And then it ramps up to the fastest trowel, which is how many CMU blocks can be put down in 20 minutes. And these guys are doing a, a 30 foot run in 20 minutes. And some of them were had like seven or eight courses up in 20 minutes. Ugh. And it's wow. plumb and level and pretty. Um, and then they have something called the toughest tinder. And the first time mm -hmm. I went and not being familiar with masonry, like I'm a carpenter, you know, so I was like, Tinder, yeah. what swipe right? Like, I don't get it. Uh, so Tinder, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, a Tinder is the assistant and the partner to a mason. So the mason handles the block, the Tinder is prepping the block and the mud. And so it's this beautiful, like dance that they have. It's a really strong team, but there's a lot of prep work to it. So they have a competition for that leading up to the final competition of the day, which is the spec mix 500 spec mix bricklayer here wait here i'll even yep. do this i got on a hat spec mix bricklayer 500 i was such a fan like i want all the hats uh, <laughs> so oh my god i love that oh my god i love so it so anyway uh and by the way, that's when you when you and I saw each other last was there because you were judging that year or you were up in that top. Remember, I came by. Yes. And you were like commenting or you were, they were doing the whole TV thing and you were in there doing something. I just nerded out. I mean, there's no way not to. <laughs> so good. So um, that one is how many regular bricks can you put up in an hour? And it's just it's the Super Bowl of trade competitions. And I'm a huge fan of like Skills USA has a great national competition, but there's something so magical about this, especially too, because um, they have it in this huge blocked off area and families come with signs and they cheer and the crowd is kind of raucous for at least the final competition for sure. But that that's that day, like the half of it is just taken up with such energy of promoting and the pride in the trades. And then the winner of that competition gets a brand new truck and I think $125,000. Oh, yeah. Holy, holy heck. Yeah, it's that's amazing. It's insanity. And the so, truck yeah. is like 30 feet up in the air on the display, right? Isn't it like something crazy? Oh, yeah. They put it up on this scaffolding. They crane it up. It's awesome. So, yeah. I don't know. The, the technology I saw at that show, it was just great to be back at a conference at that level and especially be that one. Like, I'm sorry I'll be missing K-Biz, but... I'm not that sorry. 
No, it's because it's in Orlando. But <laughs> yeah. the good news is, is KBiz <laughs> and International Builder Show is going to be down in, uh, you know, it's going to be down in Las Vegas for the next 20 years. So we don't have to yes. go back to Orlando anytime soon. Yes. So, and we're going to have the Orlando best time. listeners. Uh, I mean, Orlando's <laughs> great and it's beautiful, but it's honestly the traffic and the lack of, I mean, when you go to Vegas, you can, everybody can get out for dinner. It's easy to leave the convention center. Um, it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of convenience to it because when you're doing business at the level you and I are, I can't be sitting in a taxi cab line for an hour and a half. I'm so sorry. No. It just doesn't work. And so I can't wait till it comes back to Vegas too. Cause ugh, the construction there is so good right now. Like, yeah. oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Kayleen, yeah. I mean, it, people go, oh, you're in Vegas having this trade show thing. People don't realize. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm whining here, but People go, oh, you get to go out and dinner. Yeah, but the problem is I have four dinners in one night. God. And so you pop in, you go see somebody. You're like, all right, cool. Hey, guys, I got to be on the other side of town in 20 minutes. Great talking to you. Out you go to the next <laughs> thing. And it's 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 not easy to navigate. It's difficult, too, because what a, a lot of people don't realize. I brought my boyfriend to the show. He's never been to one of these shows before. So this was a whole mm-hmm. new experience. He's a contractor, so gets the trades. But seeing a convention, it was like his, you could. I, it was really fun just watching his brain fall out of his head. He was like, "I had no idea. This was amazing." But <laughs> you know, I've been to these shows for so many years. He thought that like I was going for fun, and I've never, I haven't gone to Vegas for fun in fifteen years. You know, because you're at the trade show at six a or like let's go, you know, eight a.m. But then you walk yep. miles. It's not just a little stroll around the park, uh, and then you take a quick, you know, refresh, change clothes, and then go out to dinner, and then it's evening beverage, and then you do re- that on repeat for three days in a row. And I love it. I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't do it. But you just forget how hard it is. And this trip, I took myself. It was like a vacation. Nice. I took myself to vacation at a conference. Like, what a nerd. Like, I used to ditch in high school to the library. <laughs> I, I haven't changed my nerd ways. It's so ridiculous. So, ugh. Um, but it was wonderful because there wasn't that hustle. I went and saw a show, um, you know, nice. just like noodled around. It was. Who'd you I see? Oh. And I've, I've seen it before, mm-hmm. but my boyfriend hadn't, and with both of us being in construction, I needed someone else to discuss that set with and just be like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> so much water so fast. And so I really, I was like, we went just, just to go see the stage and the show was beautiful and awesome and weird. You know, he'd never seen a Cirque show either. And he's like, what did I see? I'm like, I don't know. That's the point of Cirque see? du Soleil. You never know. It's a bunch of weird clowns doing flips and spandex. in beautiful ways with nice music yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing it's kayleen it's so funny because you think as i do when i get into shows like that i might miss the whole acting part but i'm like how did they get that up there yeah how did they do this i'm reverse engineering the entire thing as the show's going Oh, oh, totally. There was a point where they sunk a piano while a guy was playing it. And the whole time I'm like, where do they put the piano? And how is this like, how is it not resting? I need to know. I just, I love, but that's also why we love construction is because we see the beauty outside just the surface of it. There's so much more to our industry than just what you see. It's just, it's fabulous to get to appreciate it. I want to ask you, Kayleen. So how did you get into this obsession with tools, carpentry, construction, um, so, and as a female, I think it's, it's profoundly interesting too, right? Anybody that's in this trade as a female, it's, it's still considered a male world. So how did this happen for you? Gosh. So, well, I kind of grew up with it. Um, my 
parents were both really handy. I tell a joke that I didn't know the proper way to check a post hole depth for a fence. You, I just thought you stuck a small child into it and had her put her arms up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, when I was 10, dad gave me a tape measure. And I was like, ah, thanks. Uh, but I grew up, like, he was a welder. He worked at Lockheed Martin and did stuff on the Hubble telescope. And um, oh, cool. I remember, like, driving a bobcat when I was six, you know. So I got to help with remodel the nice. house. And it was just a very organic thing. I worked on cars. I loved it. Um, well, when I was in high school, it was definitely like, oh, you, you can't do this stuff. You're a girl and you're smart. Like, why would you go weld? Um, and I didn't really fall in love with it until, so I was a 911 dispatcher for a number of years after graduating high school, um, college. I was accepted into college in seventh grade. I was a super nerd. I just never went because I'm not good at sitting or being inside. I just have mm -hmm. issues. Like I never was diagnosed with something, but I know a little bit special i don't know with, <laughs> with what a d a d a d whatever um so um i i took a break squirrel from, yeah totally oh my god so bad <laughs> um so i took a break from dispatching and started working behind the scenes on training spaces and that was for me um this opportunity where i was getting to partake in the transformation of space which that visual change I really felt satiated with how my day was. At the end of the day, I was like, wow, I, I did something. You can see it. I mean, meanwhile, while I was dispatching, I was saving lives, but it just wasn't, I loved helping people. That was great. But that, that visual reward for me was really powerful. And then like being gross and dirty and making pretty things with tools that were noisy and ridiculous. And I got to work with a contractor named Frank Bo Castro, and he gave me a safe space to fail. Um, and so it was nice. wonderful to get to learn how to do cabinets or just appreciate these things. And that's where I really fell in love. And it was like, wait a second, I can actually do this for a living. Like, you know, I remember <laughs> yeah. when I was a yeah. dispatcher, I re I switched departments and to celebrate, I took a, a um, sledgehammer to my kitchen to remodel it because at the time I was nice. a viewer of trading spaces. And so I was like, man, they can do it. I can do it. Turned out there's a lot more people on a television show than just yourself. Side note. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was just this really, it was a sense of like, this is what I've been searching for the whole time. I'm super artistic. I love to create. I mean, in the wintertime when the shop's too cold, I'll cross-stitch or I make these like little metal puzzles or Legos. Like I have to be creating something. And so it was when I finally found construction, it was like, what? I get to not only play in my mind, but I'm helping people still. I'm creating spaces that they love. And then I get to be artistic. And I don't know, it was just this like, huh, moment. And then I realized I'll never have enough tools. <laughs> I'll never own enough plants. <laughs> you and Eric. <laughs> oh, oh, totally. I, that's the problem with going to some of these shows too. Cause I walk around like, <sighs> I need that. I need that again. I don't know what I'll need it for, but I need it. Um, need it. <laughs> oh, totally. And so that's, it was kind of just this hook. And then it's just built momentum over the years. I'm grateful and very lucky that, um, I don't, this is why I'm so passionate about encouraging people to work in the trades because how I fell into it was awful and backwards and not the way you should. I learned my craft on television shows, which at the time wasn't always doing great construction work as a whole. Um, and so that's why 
when I got my own television show, I demanded, we pulled permits for everything. We did everything nice. by the book. Good job. Yes, because I'm in love with our trade. I didn't want to, I wanted people to be able to actually use this investment after we were gone. Um, but that was a difficult thing for the, for the network to deal with. I was, um, as one other contract host, <laughs> yeah, as one other uh, host told that I was a difficult contractor to work with or host just because I demanded things like that because you want to do it right. Oh, Anytime you, you want to do it right, right, how dare you? you? Get a, yes. Yeah, forget it. Yes. I mean, but it was with my experience. I had a few moments of karma. So I, I worked in trading spaces. I did a lot of other TV shows behind the scenes back in Philadelphia and New York, and, um, which was fun and awesome. But I realized I have to be on the job site. I'm not meant to be in the office, like associate producing things. It's just is boring to me. Like I, I can't be on a computer too long. Like you guys get all my computer time today. Woo. Woo. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> um, but when I, I finally left TV. I moved back to Colorado and I started my own construction company. Started out as a handyman company because I didn't know what. There's so many different arenas to go into in residential construction. I didn't know where to start. So I was waiting tables and then I was working on like co-workers stuff in off time. And it just built it up cool. from there. But I got, I got stuck in an attic once that I was trying to insulate for like three and a half hours. And I was like, this is the universe telling me I have bad karma to never do something bad in the house again. And I made a promise that I wouldn't. That's when you realize homes have a soul and this is the most expensive investment that someone will ever have. And so the audacity- Amen to that. Yes. And I, it, uh, I don't know. I have many, many thoughts on the remodeling industry with television. Um, I, I kind of parted ways at a very unique time because when I had a show, everything was a trade. Uh, now, you know, some mm -hmm. people have to pay for it. So that's- uh, complicated uh, things for sure. So. You know, you know, Kayleen, that's what the wonder, one of the best things that I loved about all of us getting together at these tool things, because it could be, you know, you and me, it could be Damon Bennett. It could be Skip and Allison Bedell. And we'd get all of us together, Jeff Devlin, you know, all of us get hanging around and it's like a master class of TV. And there was so much you could learn from construction and that construction TV media work balance part that was always just, I loved hanging out and learning from everyone. I think it's the finest line in any industry. You know, they say if you want to have a restaurant, like that going under is like some crazy percent. I believe that it's an even lower percentage to find that perfect line between construction and entertainment. And you know who's doing it really well right now and freaking nailing it on the head? Jeff Devlin. Who that yes. yes he is he's the three he's a real deal and he always has been i mean like years ago yeah. he would do a show and he'd be like i just got bored and so i put in dovetail joints into all their drawers and i'm like who are you <laughs> like you're like a real norm abram like crazy pants but yeah. i mean he uh. he's he's really it he's legit and that's where i think and i appreciate the industry starting to go towards is you know we don't and my show never did. We never made up any drama. There's just enough drama in a remodel. You don't have to yeah. fake anything. Right? Ugh. No, no. <laughs> the things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The things. Okay, real quick. I once oh, went yeah. into a house where we were remodeling the basement. Homeowner took out a load-bearing wall, put in an I-beam. So you'd think, what's the problem, right? Go into the house, and I look at the I-beam. It's in the shape of the letter H. And the homeowner tells me straight face on camera, 
oh, I put it in the shape of the letter H because I thought H sounded stronger than I. Like, what? <laughs> What? Oh like, what alphabet are you listening to? I don't even like, how did you Google that one? And I asked him later and I was like, did someone pay you to say that? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm using it forever. Forever and ever. I'm making fun of you. That's it. That's your, that's your payment. Um, and so, you know, we don't have to fake drama like that. And so uh, I, yeah. I learned that lesson. I was on, I, had, I don't think I've even told this story to either one of you. There was a show that was on HTTV for a couple of years. It was called Designer Finals. And they took design students that came right out of college. And it was out of a college in Denver that I think it was the Denver Design College of Art or whatever it was there. They took them out of there and then paired them up with design experts. I was on one of those experts as a design thing. And it was a friend of mine who wanted to get in design that I had taught her design. And then she went off to college and got a degree. And she's like, oh, as a payment, why don't you come back? And why don't you fly out here and be my mentor in the show? I'm like, great. So I fly out to Denver, do my thing. And towards the end of the wrap, we weren't going to meet the schedule because she had over-designed stuff to do a you know, a two-day thing. There's no way we're going to do all this stuff. And that was okay. But they're like, okay, Eric, you need to make Brianne cry. We want you to make her cry for this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, she's a friend. I don't need to make her cry. And they're like... No, you need to make her cry. I go, you know, I'm out here, out here doing this for free. And so that's a hard no. And if you don't want me on here, I can walk out right now and you guys can reshoot this. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Not and playing that game. No, and amen Not playing that, that game. Um, I knew people, you know, who worked on shows like a bride show. Everything was going great. And to keep their job, <laughs> they had to make the bride cry. That's yeah. what the reality TV industry was in the 2000s. And Ugh, some of it's so dirty. And that's like, I'm, I'm grateful that I, and so with you, have standards. And like, no, we're not going to do this. We see the long, the bigger picture. And ugh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, it's it's interesting. And, and back then, I think, you know, it's interesting now. I mean, we know plenty of people. There's this myth, I think, out there with, with the general public, too, that, oh, those guys got to be making so much money on these TV shows. <laughs> no, there's a handful of people are. It ain't most of them. You know what I mean? No. You know, Chip and Joanna, they're, they're making some money. Everybody else, not so much. No. And they, Chip and Joanna leveraged themselves well and partnered with like a media mm -hmm. company. You know, I, I was in like season three when they started and I just am not good with technology. I'm just slow with it. I think it's cool. I mean, I reach people, I post when I can, but you have to feed the beast and and it takes a team to feed the beast. You just can't do it solo. Yeah. And I am, I'm an mm -hmm. awkward only child, one man band. Like <laughs> I do like a lot of my alone time. So, you know, it's, I appreciate, I think it's awesome, but my money has not been made in necessarily television. Now I have leveraged my time in TV to its health. And I'm grateful that I can, because I can still sure. tell kids like I'm famous and on TV and they're like, then I want a job in construction. I'm like, cool. <laughs> if that's what it takes. Mission accomplished. Perfect. It's awesome. That's all I need. And so <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. It's not necessarily the way to make money. The, the more consistent money and the path that had I known the other one I would have taken is I would have had an apprenticeship in commercial or industrial construction and then some sort of welding. Um, because when you get like benefits and vacation mm -hmm. and stability and pay, you know, I'm in residential construction. I, and I'm my own boss. I don't understand vacation that like, or a <laughs> sick day. Exist. No, it doesn't like, 
If I was, if I had a sick day right now, who's going to fill in for me? Like, it's just not a thing. It just piles up on the next day. Yep. It's it so funny that you said that because um, I was a, I'm a, I'm an environmental consultant. And so when I got into doing environmental consulting, I wanted to, to do residential just because it was my passion, right? I loved homes. I loved residences. And people came to me and they're like, you're never going to make any money. Like go into commercial, be an industrial hygienist. And I'm like, I can't, it's so boring. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't go into a commercial building and just tell them like all day long, your indoor air quality is poor, you know? So um, when I got into it, that's what I heard. And I just didn't focus on that at all. I just said, I was like you, I was an entrepreneur. I'm like, I'm going to make money in residential. And you, and I did. And he here I am 25 years later with 30,000 home investigations. And just like you, like I made the money and I enjoyed it. And you know, just don't listen to people. Don't do your own thing. It's whatever's in your heart, just follow it. You'll Absolutely. And um, it also takes a lot of hard work. You know, you it's it's not yeah. I meet kids now and it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to like make five hundred thousand dollars a year. That was I legit heard that the other night. I'm like, wow, I wouldn't mind making that either. That sounds yeah. pretty good. Cool. Like half a mil, that sounds pretty nice, but I'll take your seminar. Right. But there's something about working hard and that passion. And when you really love what you do and you're passionate about it, the focus isn't ever that that's not the drive, you know, it's a nice benefit. And I don't know. That's, I don't know. I never feel like when I work with my clients, I never feel like I'm working. Like I enjoy yeah. it. And the, people go, that's so yeah. annoying. How do you work with clients? They're so, homeowners are such a pain in the ass. I can say that because we're on a podcast, but you know, they always say, Oh, how do you deal with them? And I actually really enjoy it. I mean, I, it, they, they're picky about their houses and they want the best. And, but I'm like that. Cause I think your house, just like you said, Kayleen is your, you spend all your money on this place. It is like the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. It should be awesome. You should love it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I agree. You know, what I, you know it's, it's exactly, Kaylee. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. It's, you know, you do such a great job of getting out there and uh, to twist a little bit into the trades, you do such a great job of kind of helping kids get their passion infused with their skill, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that have passions. Watch them first two episodes of American Idol. They don't have the skill, but they got the passion. They want to sing. They can sing, but they got the passion to sing, you know? And if you can match that skill that you've got, or at least harness it where you can learn that skill, it, man, it'll that's just off. a good living life. It will. It'll pay off in spades. And, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of high school students who post-secondary and during everything was locked down, I got bored. Cause again, not being on an airplane, I'm like, uh, what do I do with my time? Um, and so <laughs> This group I worked with, they were complaining that they had all these Home Depot kits just sitting around. And I was like, send them to schools or kids, send them home and I'll teach them how to build them via Zoom. And so that's now grown into, um, I teach second through fourth graders how to build. And it's super simple. I mean, this is no great shakes, but it's like an hour long class. And I talk about the four parts to a hammer, um, you know, and like we look at a tape measure and just the parts to it. We don't. And just addressing what it looks like, not really doing like intense stuff. If it's fourth grade, yeah. we might talk about fractions a little bit more. But at the end, yeah. I asked the kids, I'm like, hey, do you like cookies and cakes? Do you like music? Do you have fun building this today? What subject in school do all these things have in common? And, you know, you, you get think about it and you also get answers like it's fun. And it's all directions. It's all math. 
And so basically I'm like sneaking zucchinis into brownies. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I made you do that for an hour and you didn't even know it. Um, and so I think that is so critical, important for a few different reasons. One, in the younger years, if students start to fail in math or English, there's a lot of then ripple effects that happen down the road. And part of the problem is we're just not making math applicable. If you then tell a kid, like, do you like this cookie? It's a math problem. You have to add a half a cup of sugar and a whole cup of flour or whatever else. You know, it's starting to make it more digestible. That wasn't meant to be a pun. Uh, for them, then that's going to have a positive ripple effect when they start to look at other careers like in the industry that we're talking about, anything with the trades, then it's a lot more easy to be like, oh, okay, you know, I would work with my hands, but and I am doing some math, but it's not intimidating. Um, and I think at the minimum, all students should take CTE classes or STEM or whatever it's called mm -hmm. in your state. And should you take an automotive class? Yes. Should everybody become mechanics? No. But the fact is, no. at some point, you're going to all drive a car and you need to become a better consumer. And so STEM and CTE, not only uh, could it lead to a great career, but now we're making better consumers. And then my last point on pushing this is I believe it will lower the rate of depression and suicide instances in kids. Because when you are working with tools, you have to put the phone down. You have to be here. And let's say the three of us are hanging out in a shop and you're the popular kids and I'm the nerd. But I just built the table and need help. Well, now we all help each other and we're all equal and we're all here in the present in the in reality and bringing kids Wonderful. out of technology back into reality um, is beneficial for their mental health. And so in addition to careers, making great consumers, we're now also addressing one of the biggest um, epidemics that we're not really talking about are the suicide rates in teenagers and kids. It's so sad and scary. And so um, I don't know, there's a lot of, I have a lot of different avenues for passion on why like Ah, and even if you're not a student, are you bored in your job? Do you not like working in an office? Check out all the cool opportunities. Yep. It just never ends. And you can make more. I mean, oh, yeah. so crazy story. I mean, this is, and this is, we've got to work as well with our education system on this as well, because there's some serious pushback in some of the high schools. Great example. Uh, my old co-host years ago, Handyman Bob, that was on here, he was going around doing some trade days in the high schools. And the, there was a plumber, he was a handyman, there was an electrician, and they were doing this whole kind of career day thing. And the principal at the end of the whole career day gets up there before he goes up to talk and goes, now, kids, remember, if you don't do good in school, you might end up being a plumber, so you better listen to him. He gets up here and goes, thanks, Miss Principal. By the way, um, I make twice as much as you do. <laughs> and I have a boat and I've got two houses as a plumber. So guys, if you don't go to school and do it right, you could end up as a principal in a high school <laughs> and just laid her out right there in the thing. And, and I saw the video and I was like, Ooh, that was getting salty. No. And bravo for that pushback. And some of the reason it's really interesting. So I've been able to travel all over the U S and all over the world talking about this and there are a lot of gatekeepers. This isn't just like <clears throat> we could say it and snap our fingers and make it happen. 
And one of the issues is that school funding for a long time was federal dollars were tied to how many students were in AP classes. And so if you did not push students towards that college path, you were actually losing out on financial opportunities. Oregon might be one of the few, too, that's actually now started to change that, where they're looking at if you're involved in a CTE or STEM program that counts as the same as an AP class, which, amen, you know, it's so infuriating Mm -hmm. that. I, I, people are like, oh, you know, you work in construction, you must be dumb. I'm like, are you mad? I speak fractions all day and then use dangerous tools to translate it. Like, <laughs> like I'm not dumb. I choose to do this, you know? And so yeah. it's encouraging and ch- switching that mindset. Like I actually got, um, not kicked out, but politely removed by security from a school in Texas. Um, because when I go speak to schools, I never approach it saying like, I'm going to be talking about not going to college and working in construction. I'm always like, I'm famous. Will you let me talk to your kids? <laughs> and it usually works. Like, hey, again, thank you, television, for giving me that that way in. Uh, but this one school in Texas, um, and I should have known because they had a giant stadium outside for like football and um, at the end of my first presentation, I see like a bunch of security and the principal and I was like, oh, some kids in trouble. And then they come over to me and they're like, uh, yeah, we're going to have you not do your second presentation because you talk about things other than college and all of our kids are going to college here. And what's so wow. sad is that, you know, st- st- statistics show that one, not every kid goes to college, that not every kid finishes even in four years. On average, it's six years. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And then also only 33% of the jobs in the U.S. require college education. That's like three jobs for every 10 yeah. require college. But yet it's a 100% push. And I just thought, what a disservice you're doing to your students by not hearing this. Because what's going to happen? And what is happening is... Students went through high school, they went through college, they graduated, they felt entitled to this great job because they did what we told them to do, go to college, you're going to be successful. And then they realize that's not the case. And they're really depressed. They're still living at home. There's not a lot of movement. There's no kind of motivation because why are they going to listen? We've told them for years that they had to go do this thing. They did that thing. And now that thing is not only not paying off, but is a huge albatross around their neck. I mean, average college debt is astronomical i can't i want to say it's between yeah. like 20 and fifty thousand, or maybe it's a total i don't know thousands yeah. like we're having kids sign the dotted line on a car they're never going to drive you know and That's in some right. cases See, i've got a house. fix for that i want to i want to change the college rules for getting a loan and here's how i propose we change that because i think i've got a fix for this i think <laughs> that if you're going to get a loan for college that you should have to come up with your own business plan of how you're going to pay that back with the career that you're going to get from that loan. So if you're going to go out and get, spend a hundred thousand dollars to go get that humanities degree, we want to make sure you're not working at Starbucks for the four years after that. Right? Yes. And, um, and then why not make them prove it just like you'd get a house. Exactly. And put the onus on, um, the students to say, is this actually a viable career? Like when I graduated high school, I did go to college for a semester. You know what I wanted to be when I grew up? Indiana Jones. That was a legitimate <laughs> thought in my head. And I was majoring <laughs> nice. in sociology, archaeology, and psychology. That's not a real career. You cannot be Indiana Jones. And, you know, I think if we made students research, is there a career for the degree you're getting? But what's pleasant is the DOE is starting to update their websites again with how many of their graduates 
are working in that area of their degree. And so now parents and students can do research on if they want to pursue a four-year option, are the students graduating there actually employed in the area that they were taught in? And I mean, the statistics are horrifying. They're so bad. I mean, it really is disgusting on how many people not only don't finish or complete, but then aren't working in the industry. And that's where it's like, oh man, if people do and understand an apprenticeship is basically a bachelor's degree you get paid for. And then with benefits. Yeah. Like, uh, if well, I had known... A lot yeah. of kids, too. I mean, they go to college, but they have no idea what they want to do. They don't really want to be there. And you're talking about $70,000 a year to send your kid what? To figure out what they want to do. And there's nothing wrong with taking – college is always there. Whether you want to go back for a master's, you want to go back for a PhD, whatever it is, it's not going anywhere. So there's this pressure like to put a young kid who doesn't know what they want to do into this environment. So like what you're saying, why not? Like, wouldn't it be great if you tried out a trade, go into be an apprentice somewhere for a plumber, electrician, I don't know, go work the power lines, whatever it is, and see what you like. But I think people are afraid to do that. Like you said, there's a stigma if you don't go to college and it's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. For sure. Yeah. Well, and it's scary too. You know, um, so I, when like the lockdown first started, I'm like, all right, all right, what am I going to do? I'm bored. Like I applied to be a teacher, but then I started to put together my resume. My resume is so weird. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'd be good. <laughs> um, but then my friend had a fencing company and I was like, look, this sounds crazy, but can I come back to work for you as a laborer? Because I've been now like GC foreman for so long. I want to remind myself what it's like to be starting off. So when I talk to students again, I remember. And you forget like. Smart. Well, yeah, because just things you forget. I'm like, oh, pack toilet paper in your backpack, you know, because <laughs> you're going to so have a runny nose or just gross. It's just nice to have. And <laughs> I don't know, simple things. But it is intimidating to pull up on a job site. Um, but I think when you're younger. You can, you, you know, you bounce back faster. And this is where it's the Oh, bonus. you don't care. You just like, you'll do anything as a kid. When you think back, I mean, you have like, just, there's no filter, right? You'll just do it. Yeah. So, and if, yeah. if people just kind of like take a deep breath and realize it's nothing to be intimidated by. But I also think that a lot of parents encourage students to go to college so they get out of their house for four years. And I think there's something about like, <laughs> like get out of my space yeah. for a while. And I just, I just wish that if more parents realize that they encourage their student to start an apprenticeship or um, even an internship with a company in high school, then if they spend two years still living at home working on this uh, apprenticeship or process, they're going to move out into their own place, probably by their own house or a nice apartment. And they're not coming back. And that's the big thing. Where <laughs> after, Because after four years or five years or six years of college, they're coming, they're coming back. back. <laughs> yes, there's nothing. So parents, yeah. let me, I'm going to give some advice here to parents, by the way. If you get your kid, instead of helping them pay for college, why don't you pay their 1500 bucks a month for their apartment? Put them in there. It's going to be cheaper than paying for the college that year anyway. Pay for their apartment. Get them into the trades. Get them working. Throw some bucks at them for their apartment. They're not in your house. And now they've got a career that they don't have $100,000 of the debt on afterwards. So yeah. there's no excuse. No. Throw the money. It's going to be less at the apartment. Fix it. We have a question so for you guys. Yeah. So, okay. so this sounds great in theory. But say you have a parent who knows nothing about the trades. And they have this child that 
doesn't, they kind of don't see them being college bound. Maybe they have, you know, like you said, they've got way too much energy. They like to be outside. They're not going to be someone who sits at a desk. So where does that parent get the knowledge to get that child into the trade if they know nothing about it? So say they didn't grow up like you, Kayleen, where they had, you know, somebody in the house doing it all the time. Sure. So now so I, I've got one. You go, Eric. Real quick. So Girls Build is here in Portland, and I'm really good friends with them. I have helped them along the way. They take girls as young as seven all the way up, I think, to 14, and they have summer camps where you can go in there and drop your kid off. They are there for the week, and they're bending sheet metal. They're doing all the trade stuff. They are learning skills. They're building chicken coops. They're doing all this kind of stuff, and it's a summer camp. There's nothing easier for a young kid to get into a summer camp program like that Kayleen's the expert, though, because you do this every day. Oh, I got to be a summer camp at a girls' construction camp last year or the year before. I, It's my dream job. First of all, I'm a crazy <laughs> camp counselor. I loved it so much. I, I taught the day of uh, safety and construction. And so we talked about safety, and then I had them build a picture frame. And then we lit it on fire, because why not? It's a good finish. Uh, but I also wanted them to go home, and their parents be like, why do you smell like fire? And they'd be like, we built a picture yes. frame, lit it on fire. There was multi-service. All right, so... Um, so if you're a parent not really knowing direction, there are a few aptitude tests too available. And I'm not sure it's, if it's everywhere, but one of them is you science. Um, and that's where you can go through and have your student actually answer questions. And it'll kind of direct in a few different ways because you might have an aptitude for aerospace or automotive or even culinary. You know, when we talk about CTE or STEM careers, it could be agriculture, um, cosmetology, radio. radio, for real. I mean, there's yeah. the fields are endless. And so that's kind of nice to help harness. Um, if it's something more, you know, if your child really isn't showing like, oh, they don't like making food, they don't like cars, you know, um, I think you science is kind of nice to help with that. But if you know your child might have sort of a direction towards um, construction or engineering, if they like working with their hands, um, if they like being a part of a team, Build Your Future is also another website where they have kind of another aptitude test sort of to thin down what would be a great trade because he, this is where it kind of does get challenging because in residential construction there are tw it takes 27 different trades to build a house and so how do you know which trade you're gonna like until you try it like i know now i do not like roof i hate it i hate roofing it's i don't <laughs> like heights it's not my jam but it wasn't until i really tried it that i was like okay i'm out and so um, there are contractors around wanting to hire students during the summer for internships. Um, and that's where they'll have the chance to learn, try different things, see what that spark is. Sometimes you got to throw spaghetti at the wall to find if it's done or not, or whatever the saying is. I don't know. Uh, and, <laughs> and who knows? They might then fall in love with something more commercial industrial. The Build Your Future site's nice because it does show what contractors are local. Um, and so sometimes it might take a little bit of footwork. Cool. Like, oh, you're driving around town and maybe you see they have a taken interest in cranes. Well, then who was the big sign on the construction company? Maybe it's Holder Construction. I mean, I know if you look up Holder right now, they probably have paid internships happening for the summer. Um, and I'm not sure if Holders, yep. but there are J.E. Dunn. Uh, Skanska, any of those guys. Huge. Yeah. Yes. And so That's great. I think an aptitude test sometimes is the best. And and. And even Google searching different ones. I'm always fascinated because I've taken multiple aptitude tests 
And unless it's specifically construction, I always come out being a truck driver. That's like the the top thing that they always suggest that I do. And I'm like, oh, because I like being by myself, like in the air horn. <laughs> um, nice. That's a great question. And there's Thank actually you. a new trade that's coming out. And I'm going to be talking about this. And it's brand new over the last few years. And uh, Kaylin, you might have heard of this. But it's a brand new trade for your computer geeky kids out there. And it's that home integrator. Oh, yeah. Oh. So now they're called the integrators. And so that is the new home tech wizard is the integration trade. Now there's certifications and stuff like that. So if you've got a kid that's loves their computers, they love apps, they love all that stuff. They can get into residential construction and now they're designing lighting, smart home systems and stuff like that. So there are a thousand different ways to get into home construction, home remodeling and residential stuff and still be that computer geeky kid that loves technology. Huge. I mean, okay, not that I'm a nerd at all, but this is my Nintendo Switch. Uh, <laughs> if you yes. have a student who plays video games, I use video game technology in construction, meaning um, in times past when I had high-end clients, I'd take them blueprints and we'd go look at blueprints and people would nod politely and pretend that they understood what blueprints looked like. Um, but now we can use that video game technology. And this is where I need the younger folks because they will take those blueprints and turn them in the CAD and then render them to be lifelike. And now what I do is I put on virtual reality goggles onto clients and they look around their house before I ever even break ground. That is amazing. Yep. That's technology that boosts my bottom line tremendously, but technology that like, Mm, I'll play Mario Kart, but I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna. I don't know how to I've do that. I've used that for kitchen. Yeah, I've used VR glasses for kitchen design for a number of years now. Yes, I was one of the early adopters, so yeah. it was great because I would design out the kitchen farm, and they're like, "No, I only want this three foot walkway between the island and the and the refrigerator." I'm like, "No, you don't want that. No, no that'll be fine. That's enough." And then I throw the VR glasses on. They go, "Oh well, yeah, that, that's really tight, isn't it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not gonna work." Oh. Can we move that out about another foot? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It solves so many construction things because now you can put somebody in that space. It's huge. And it's a level of technology that if you were to talk to a contractor 20 years ago, they'd be like, oh, come on. There's going to be a computer mm. in my pocket. And then I show people what, like a hologram of Princess Leia. Uh-huh. You know? And so, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's awesome. And that's where I'm hoping, too, that with the new technology coming into the industry, we are going to have a resurgence of interest and working in it. Kids are going to find it cool. You know, there are a lot of robotics programs and then you look at the 3d printing technology. It's, it's going in mm -hmm. a way that's making it cool too. And it, in a way also robotics, safer. I mean, yeah. robotics is huge now. Like all these kids are into the robotics. I've seen like, I mean, girls, the boys are all into building these robots and competing. It's amazing. It's so amazing that I'm surprised that sticks hasn't had a resurgence yet. Cause Nope. <laughs> Nobody. Nice. Little Mr. Roboto there. <laughs> well, great example on our close group around the house nation. One of our listeners here, he had a, a really funky handle spread for his kitchen. So he went onto his, his um, 3d printer and printed off his own template with his 3d printer for his knobs and handles for his kitchen. I Trippy. saw that. And I was like, that is really slick. And um, again, I, I keep thinking I want, I need one, you know, um, yeah. there's just little things. 
I wear ridiculous jewelry most of the time and it's usually 3D printed, but I, I have a well here. I'm on well water, which is awesome, but there's a part that I cannot get. I, before in years past, we'd go to Sears, get anything we want. And now that's just not how the consumer market works anymore. They think I need to be something else to get the parts. And I was like, if I just had a 3D printer, I could just print off what I need. Make it. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't be like the PVC strength I need, but I don't care at this point. <laughs> I know you. You could come up with a way to make it. If you had that, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to turn this. Now I'm going to forge it. I'm going to make it, you know? Oh, my word. And I'm obsessed with forged in fire. And I keep thinking, like, mm, I do need a forge. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just, it looks so nice. And just like, I don't know. I, I think I think I would enjoy it. In fact, I had an interview uh, the other day. And somebody called me out. And they're like, do you have, like, do you like ASMR videos? I'm like, well, sometimes. He's like, what about working with the products you use in construction? I'm like, holy cow, nailed it. Because there's something about mud and plaster and grout and the sound and the movement and texture to it is, um, it's soul calming to me. It's really, I find peaceful. And then I get the same sort of feeling watching that show. So I'm like, ah, oh, metal might be next for me. Mm. So <laughs> you never know. We're young. There you go. And I love metal. I took, uh, I took welding in high school. Cause I would, I did auto body. And so I had to go get certified welder to take the auto body class. Cause I was working on hot rods. And so it was super cool. So I took welding at the high school. I was taking welding and radio TV production at the time. And then after school, before I'd go to work at McDonald's at the time, I would go over to the clock college and they had a high school auto body class. And there was a lot of kids that were going to go be auto body people. I was a hot rod guy. And so my teacher was an old hot rodder. So while everybody was over working on the frame machine, he had me working with lead and doing a uh, chop chop, a chop chop on a whole Chevy truck. And so, but I couldn't use any plastic filler. I could only use metal. Wow. And it was awesome. That's That was killer in high school. That's the real deal. And hey, to any parents listening, your child should take a welding class. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Yes. Take a welding class because... It's applicable math. It's a lot of science. It's really fun. And especially for the females out there, I believe that um, welding is one of the best industries to get into because it's so artistic. You actually, if you're a musician, you'd make a great welder. And the reason is it's, it's very um, rhythmic um, on what you have to mm -hmm. do to perform a great weld. And so I believe that females kind of are a little bit more rhythmic, have, can hold a beat, and are great welders. So yeah. keep welding. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. such a nice you know, analogy that you just gave. I, I just yeah. love that analogy because people don't think, you know, they think about, oh, I want to be a musician, but not everybody's, you know, what 1% of the populace is going to go make a living being a musician. And so how you're incorporating that concept of, you know, being musical to actually working in the trades. That's so amazing. Well, yeah. Well, it's all math. It's the thing like, uh, once we embrace I was horrible at math <laughs> in school because my teachers sucked. Sorry, math teachers, but yeah, I Half couldn't relate do. to any of it. <laughs> and sorry, it just, it was horrible. And then I use math every day. But what one thing we're going to see, it's going to be super cool moving forward in the technology side of things in the design world is we're going to get into this mixed reality where you're going to be able to put on the VR glasses, but you're going to be able to look through them. And so you'll be able to see the studs of the wall framed, but you're going to be able to see almost the holographic image of the cabinetry and the countertop there. So you'll be able to relate to it even more versus just looking at an image. You're going to see that real and virtual all meshed together into one. 
it's spectacular, mm. you know. Um, and then at the same time, I'm like, it's a little creepy and weird just because I'm old. <laughs> but I are not I think it's, old. She looks uh, like she's 16. For our viewers who can't see her, she looks like she's like a teenager. She's got a baseball cap on and she's like, she looks like a kid. She's well, hey, I just chopped on my hair after I don't know what to do with it anymore. And I eat sawdust daily. So I think it's, it's better than Botox. A little bit of oak. See? (laughs) (laughs) You figured out my secret. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think happiness, too, is part of that. And just being able to do what I do. I fell backwards into creating what I get to do for a career kind of consistently now for the past 25 years. And literally, knock on wood, I think I'm so insanely great, like, blessed. And I'm so grateful. Um, But I know it's a fluke. And that's why I'm so bent on getting people real opportunities. You know, I can't encourage kids to go into television, especially now. Ugh, it's a, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> no. I mean, the industry is really rough as a whole. It's um, definitely using their online or using their hosts or whatever a lot more. It's just a it's a it's a tough way to make a living. Where again, if you after high school, worked as a lineman for a few years, and then you want to go back to school, you can. You can just go pay for it. Or most likely, uh, your employer will pay mm-hmm. for you. But um, I don't know. Exactly. It's yeah, that don't don't fall into the dream of TV because it's a it's a tough road. Have your career. It's the best advice. Build your career, let them come to you, and you're gonna be in a much stronger place to negotiate that out. And who knows, five years from now, it could be completely different than what it is now. Because it seems like every five years, the whole TV scene just kind of ends up rebuilding itself and goes another direction. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, again, online content's always fascinating to see how they're changing the industry. Um, I don't know. It's, it is. I don't watch a lot of TV because I still, I look at it and I'm like, ew, I know how, I know how the magic trick's done, which kind of takes the fun out yeah. of it, you know. Um, but then but I, I think get- also, Kayleen, I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV either. I, like, I just, I don't have the capacity for it. Like, you know, I'll watch something mindless when I want to just zone out and completely lose my mind. But I think when you're really wanna. involved in your projects <laughs> and what you're doing, like, I mean, <laughs> I'd much rather be engaged in something, you know, and just actually be building something or I, I get a very big accomplishment out of building something like you do. Like, it doesn't, it could be a business, it could be a widget. It could be, you know, Eric and I doing a podcast, but it's so much more fulfilling than just sitting there watching TV. Hugely gratifying. And I think actually what the resurgence is going to be is platforms like you, because I want to be able to work on projects and then still consume content. And so I'm doing it with either radio shows, podcasts, um, this audio consumable content. And I think it's I don't know. It's brilliant. And I'm happy that you're still going strong and making stuff because in the next five years, that's where I think it's all headed is um, you can hold it in your hand and you can just listen to it and consume content. You got it. Kayleen, thanks for coming on today. We saw Why have we not done this sooner, by the way? (laughs) Well, I don't because I didn't realize so much time had gone by. I mean, that's really. (laughs) <laughs> like, honestly, me too yeah. I'm, a, I'm a blame Wait, I, i'm to blame here i mean i stalk you all on like social media sites so it's one of those lazy habits me that too. i try to get out of but like i just feel like we're hanging out all the time because i see what you're up to so yeah my yeah, apologies fair point. But, uh, thanks for having me on this has been awesome and caroline really so nice to meet you i can't wait to see you in person hopefully at the world of concrete next year because oh my god so that's good. amazing and we have to connect i'm all for the female power so yes heck <laughs> yeah go. right 
So for everybody to track you down, uh, what's the best website for you, Kayleen? Uh, KayleenMcCabe.com, which I proudly own. Somebody tried to harangue yes. me for $20,000 for the longest time to give me that name. And I was what? like, really? Yeah. Like, oh. I'll wait. I'm patient. I'm I'm a tech, like a, a Luddite for sure. So, uh, so KayleenMcCabe.com, <laughs> that's where you can find stuff. But then also follow me. I'm on Instagram under Kayleen McCabe and Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Don't don't do Twitter. I don't really look at it. I I, I say it, but let me be honest. Same with I just me. Have that thing. Yeah, like on Instagram, you can post to both Facebook and Twitter, and I just like click that. Yes, we're lazy. It's so bad. That's what so I'm I sorry do. for the folks. Like I, there are folks that I should get on every once in a while and apologize and be like, I'm so I appreciate you. I think you're great. Sorry. I just <laughs> Eric tweets, so Eric's a tweeter, so he's good. He can tweet for all of us. We'll just like allow him to do communal tweets. That's awesome. <laughs> Hash Browns, Eric, you rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming on, Kayleen. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.